This is kind of like coming home for us. We haven't been here in about three years, but we're down at the Plano campus now. Yeah, um, makes it sound like we haven't been in church. No. <laughs> but we haven't been at Reengage up here in about three years. But I'm David, and this is Denise Rinkin, my wife. Hey, y'all. So. Okay. So this is a very short representation of our 39 years, be almost 40 next year. Anyway, so we start with a happy jump couple in the left, far left. Aren't they cute? We were so in love and things were going to be so perfect. Uh, in 79, number, son number one was born. In 81, son number two was born. 80, excuse me, 81, 82, uh, we're divorced. 83, we're remarried with 12-step programs cray-cray relatives and cray-cray friends. Then we have Uh, a lot of darkness, which ends in another divorce, and then a remarriage in 2001 with these two people on their face before God. And there's a lot of green after that, so uh, we'll talk a bit about that too. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Just a bit of background for David and I both. We accepted Christ into our lives at a young age, but there was absolutely no guidance coming from the home Uh, So we didn't know how to live out that commitment. And both of our childhoods were very wounded. There was substance abuse, violence, sexual abuse. Pretty much if you can imagine it, it happened. And so we lived very fearful childhoods. You know, Denise and I married in July of 1978. This was only three months after I'd first met her. And I think I was unconsciously hurrying everything up with the train with all, before that train with all my baggage showed up. And like Denise said, before our third anniversary, we had two sons. Uh, Although I had come to know Christ at a very early age, I walked away from him at 16. And prior to marrying, still had not been reconciled to God. I had not asked God back into my life. But there were no worries when it came to that list of good wife attributes. I thought if I cooked, I cleaned, I stayed attractive, I was sexually eager. This made me the perfect wife. Sounds pretty good. Um, (laughs) And just as I intended to make David happy, he would make me happy. Uh, But at the same time, I took pride in being a very independent, strong woman, perfectly capable of taking care of myself. Sorry. Proverbs 16. (laughs) I fell down on the job. I'm not going to let you turn pages anymore. Okay. Okay. (laughs) It's Proverbs 16, 5. Everyone who is arrogant at heart is an abomination to the Lord. I had not yet learned how to depend on God for all things. I was still in rebellion. But with the birth of our first son, excuse me, my interest in church was renewed. Church seemed to me to be a good start to find God's path for my life. And... um, so I thought I would teach my ch- that church would teach my child everything he needed to know. I would stay on the back row, and David would be shamed into going with us. Yeah. That was my big plan. <clears throat> you know, it was um, pretty soon after our first son's birth that old issues I'd had began to reemerge. I was determined I was going to be faithful. And um, all that I needed to do, I-, I thought I just needed to work harder, keep myself busy. In Philippians 4.13, it says, I can do all things through him who gives me strength. Conversely, I found out that I don't do much on my own very well. Between work and evening college, I had a lot of opportunities to put my own desires first, and I did. I think we have a picture here. We Um, used to be young. (laughs) Yeah. So this is, um, I just want to put this up here. This is what I was willing to sacrifice to put my own selfish desires first. You know, 
Although I loved both my wife and my sons, I had no idea how to love my family and lead spiritually. I was really busy just pursuing everything that I thought would lead to happiness, certifications, career changes, uh, jobs for more money. I began to work on my MBA. Everything was new, but I will tell you, nothing was ever enough. Early in 1982, Denise found out I was unfaithful. She confronted the other woman. And all I felt at that time, I felt embarrassed and I was ashamed. So I moved out. We divorced pretty soon after that. I will tell you, that affair soon faded. I knew what I was doing was wrong, but just never could stop. In just six months' time, I looked around. I was in a small, tiny apartment with nothing but some rented furniture and a childhood Bible. I began to read some of the passages out of the Bible, and I really asked God for his forgiveness. And I vowed I would do better. The emphasis was on the I, having never really learned to trust in a heavenly father and to lean on him, and I didn't have any real accountability in my life. After less than a year of being apart, I asked Denise to give me and us another chance, and she did, and we remarried in 1983. We went to church on Sundays. I uh, never really felt connected, stopped going after about six months. I looked around, and in my mind, nobody else at church had the same issues that I was wrestling with. I was unique. And I was fearful of rejection, so I kept my sin hidden from others, and a voice inside me kept saying, you're never going to change. The next years went by pretty quickly, but nothing really changed. We moved to North Carolina in 1985. We lived there for five years. Denise and the boys went to church. She went back to college, and I was kind of living my own life. From the outside, our home life looked better than any TV family. But I now knew that if David did not reconcile to God and rely on him, our life together had no hope. At the same time, the Holy Spirit pressed upon me the truth that David was more than my husband. He was God's child. He had simply lost his way, and I remembered that there was a time when I also had lost my way. I was deeply saddened for our family, and I cried a river of tears. Although that move to North Carolina left me horribly isolated from family and friends, this time alone turned out to be a gift from God. It forced me to take my faith to the next level. I began to seek out God to allow Him alone to be my sustenance. Lamentations, the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. The boys and I joined a church, in part to continue the spiritual journey, but it was also to maintain that family image. During this time, I met with a small group of women from church who listened to my woes, but offered little advice and never admonished my sins. In spite of some of my motives, God's blessed my efforts to know him better. And and, and before I finish this story, so like on the growth pattern of me and God, I was way over here. So before I tell you that, I just want a little grace in the room. Proverbs 3, 6, in all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make make your path straight. I depend on that all the time. I began to see how God viewed me as his daughter and David's wife. He showed me that I had made our sons my God and that my leading of the family was in direct rebellion of him. Also, God showed me that I had listened to Satan's lies, that my fantasies about other men were not sinful. Proverbs 3, 7, Be not wise in your own eyes, but fear the Lord and turn away from evil. I began to really trust God for all my daily decisions, and my prayer life continued to evolve. Most of the time, I prayed that God would make David into the husband and father that I thought he should be and I wanted. Then there were the times that I simply prayed for a very large Mack truck to run him down. 
Yeah, Seriously, she, I did before she God. Me, and she wanted me to see it coming too, so that's what she told me later. So it was uh, over here. Yeah, over here. That's where it was. Then, okay. So fortunately, this was short-lived. My prayer life was a work in process. Through all the years of our marriage, though, God did remind me of his forgiveness of my sins and convicted me to extend that forgiveness. Mark eleven twenty five. Whenever you stand praying, forgive if you have anything against anyone so that your Father who is in heaven will forgive you your trespasses. My journey with God was a process, and I was not always successful. You know, after um, five years, 1990, we moved back to Dallas. We had yet another opportunity for a new beginning, new home, new position at work, the same people. I fell back into the old ways. The only difference was this time I attended church every Sunday. I had everyone there pretty well fooled. And I, there were periods of time I did well on my own strength. I held a committee chair out at church. And, but those periods were never long-lived. I was still in a self-imposed isolation. Denise and I separated in March of 96 for a while, same reasons as before. Three months later, swore I would change, and even told my wife, who was seeing a Christian psychologist, all of the changes that I was going to make. The emphasis being, again, still on I. Nevertheless, Denise loved me and took me back. With that return back to Dallas, I began to match my prayer life to his word, to what honored God, not just what I wanted. Long before I encountered the phrase, draw the circle, God had etched that into my heart. I distanced myself from secular relationships and their opinions, including Cray Cray family. And rather than pray for God to make David into the husband and father I wanted, I began to pray for David to simply be reconciled to God. God pressed upon me that David was not merely my husband. Sorry. He was my eternal brother in Christ. (laughs) And this was my prayer for David. This is where I usually crack up, by the way. Not funny, like cry. <laughs> Ephesians 1, 17, 18, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of all glory, may give you a spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of him, having the eyes of your heart enlightened, that you may know what is the purpose that you've been called. I saw slow changes almost immediately. David began to go to church with us regularly, and within a few years, he sought counseling. But the infidelity was unending and maddening. I became depressed and put on weight, but kept busy completing my MBA. In my heart, I knew the God I believed in could do anything. He could save our family. He could change both of our hearts. Psalms 27, 14, wait for the Lord. Be strong and let your heart take courage, but wait for the Lord. God laid on my heart to not surrender the marriage to Satan. Fast forward to uh, 2000. Denise and I have been together now for 22 years. Our sons were in college. We were in the middle of yet another separation, and I had even contacted an attorney. I was still unsure, so I was discussing with Denise, well, maybe we should get back together. And I was on my best behavior. I'd stopped by to see my sons and Denise when the doorbell rang, and it was one of my former female friends who had decided to come by and see Denise. This time I saw firsthand what, uh, just what the impact of my actions. Denise held it together while the lady was there, but after she left, began to cry. It was in a moment of clarity I realized that those tears she was shedding were going to be the last ones that she had for me and for us. Soon the tears went away, and she just, with no emotion, told me, get out of there and never come back while she was there. I went back to the apartment I had, and uh, I was forced to look at what I had done to our lives. 
And it was as if the blinders had come off after those 20 plus years. The realization began to sink in that my own actions, my selfish actions, had just taken away everything in life that mattered to me. I fell to my knees on the floor and I just cried out in my mind. I kept saying, why, why? And in my desperation, I cried out to God, you know, a God I had walked away from years before. And at that moment in time, I prayed that he would change me. And I said, you know, my being in control has done nothing but create misery for my wife, my family, and all those that I cared for. So I begged for his mercy, and I I was totally surrendered. This was a state I hadn't been in since I was an eight-year-old boy at the Salvation Army Church altar whenever I had first accepted Christ. You know, God heard those cries, and I spent most of the remainder of that night just talking with God. I was really upset over my stupidity, but I remember the feeling of a tremendous weight being lifted off my shoulders. And I didn't realize it then, but this really was a new beginning. I severed all ties with past sins. I took all those phone numbers, email accounts, destroyed them. I burned up all the notes in the fireplace and canceled, like I said, canceled all the personal emails. I finally fell asleep. It was about four in the morning or so, and I woke up later, and I felt different, and I wanted to share this with someone, but, uh, you know, there wasn't anyone to call. So um, that kind of dawned on me, too. In Psalms 103.12, it says, As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. So I knew I was forgiven, but my life was a real mess. And all that I knew was that I really needed to get reacquainted with God and to read the Bible. So the weekend was spent with just doing that very same thing. That next Monday, I was at work, and I picked up the phone to call Denise, and I received that same tone from her as she slammed the phone down, saying, never call here again. And I I tell you how crazy I was. I was actually a little upset whenever she heard that, because I was thinking, you know, don't you know God changed me this weekend? (laughs) So, you know, I... (laughs) You know, like a lot of us do, I picked up the phone and I called a friend of mine. He was an associate pastor at a local church, and I was pouring my story out to him, and I was kind of expecting some sympathy whenever he stopped me and he said, you sinned against God and against your family and against your wife. You know, God knows what's in your heart and he knows what's true, but realize your life with Denise may be over. But know that God is not through with you. In Proverbs 27, 6, it tells us that wounds from a friend can be trusted. Mm -hmm. During the call, we prayed that God would be with me and with us, with my only goal at that time to be the best godly single person I could be. To do this, I knew I had to grow my relationship with God because I didn't have the strength to do it on my own. So I began to spend more time in his word and prayer. And one of the passages in the Bible that I repeated it often, I wrote it and put it on my mirror, is Luke 9, 23, 24. And it says, if anyone would come after, then he said to them all, if anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. It was and is a daily surrender. I cannot begin to tell you how much time I spent in prayer seeking God's will for my next step. This God who hates divorce, what did he want me to do? I wanted to honor God with forgiveness, but was no longer able to trust David's words. I had been depleted of all hope that he would change, that he would surrender. We divorced. But a faithful God used my broken heart as the opportunity to break other parts of me too. God had returned us both to Clay to be remolded by his hands. Yeah. You know, I didn't want the second divorce. It wasn't like before, because I knew that something was different this time. God truly was in control. 
I asked Denise, I said, let's extend the separation, but uh, just to give her some time to see if the changes were real. But you know, in my mind, I didn't blame her. You know, I had given her 20 years of reasons not to trust me. And I really shouldn't have expected anything more. I thought that whatever love she had held for me was, was destroyed by my actions. You know, my, my life really had changed. And I th- it was reading the Bible daily, frequent prayer, and I, I started giving more attention to the things that really mattered. And God's timing is truly perfect. I got into a men's Bible study that next week. And for the first time ever, I confessed to the 60 men in that room just the secrets, the sin in my life, and what those choices had done to my family. You know, the guys at my table continued to meet after that um, six-week seminar session, and I had the beginnings of an accountability group. Later, I sought out and found a very good Christian counselor, and looking back over my life with him and through a lot of prayer, I began to see how my belief system was flawed and that God... My Heavenly Father truly did love me. You know, I was attending church regularly. I was meeting with some guys from church and in the Word daily and just felt connected and accepted for the first time in my life. After a time, through the grace of God, Denise began to talk with me again. You know, I would go over and see her and the boys on Saturday mornings for a few hours, and I had an opportunity uh, not to ask her back or anything. I was just sharing what God was doing in my life. And I will tell you, there was a lot of disbelief and even some anger from my sons. Um, But I understood that my actions had sown those seeds of anger. I had been forgiven by God, but the consequences of my action would be there. You know, there was no one else in my life. There wasn't any need, for Christ had filled the void that had been there since I was a child. Eventually, eventually... Uh, you did see all those green boxes. Denise and I went out on a set Sunday afternoon, and actually she called me and she asked if I wanted to go to an opera. So, you know, I was, I was really desperate to do something with her. And, you know, we talked as if it was, uh, you know, life was just beginning. In effect for us, it was. In 2 Corinthians 5.17, it says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone and the new has come. Amen. We began to see each other pretty regularly after that, and within a year, in 2001, we remarried for the third time. And like every good story, we lived happily ever after. (laughs) No, we were reconciled, but I will tell you, being fully restored took some time. We were seeking God's direction for our lives, and we agreed that we were committed to the marriage. And those first months and even years were difficult. There were often times of anger where something was brought to mind. But before getting back together, we had discussed the trust that was lost. And I opened my life to Denise and just made it known if she had any doubts that she could really come to me with anything or search anything. I didn't care. Whatever assurances assurances she needed from me was okay. And that time was all that I could give her. 1 Corinthians 15:58 Therefore my beloved brothers be steadfast immovable always abounding in the work of the Lord knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain The first couple of years back together were not easy for either of us but it was never about what was going to be easy for us it was about what was going to bring glory to God In the past David would have said something like I said I'm sorry why can't we just move on But this time David was willing to wait while God healed my heart, my wounds, and my very soul. And I was willing to wait while God continued to work changes in David's life and heart. Romans 8, 28. And we know that for those who call... 
excuse me, who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. You know, over the next few years, we continue to grow individually and as a couple, and we continue to build on Christ as the foundation. I went to each of my sons in that first year, and I asked for their forgiveness, realizing it would take some time. Now, forward seven more years, by 2008, we had a much stronger marriage, but still had communication and conflict resolution issues. Really? Yeah. <laughs> we went through the Watermark Reengage program to continue the process of discovering just what is a God, what does a godly marriage look like? So we discussed what we were going to share ahead of time. We looked at each other. Let's just scratch the surface here. But in the end, we looked at each other and we decided to trust God fully, and we shared everything. We told all the secrets in that Reengage group. Going through Reengage, which is God's plan for marriage, helped us continue to grow, and we found some issues was, were, were still there. With me, it was the guilt over the wasted years and the effect of my actions on Denise and our sons. A verse that helps me a lot with that is Romans 8.1, therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. This verse helps stop that lie of Satan, and you will never change lie, you can it's through God's strength. And God has blessed us since we, we committed to live life his way. We realize that um, this is not our story, but his, and as a way of thanking God for the, his healing and redemption of a marriage that the world had given up on. And our prayer is that others would put their trust in him. In Revelations twelve eleven, it says, they overcame him, Satan, by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. They did not love their lives so much as to shrink from death. Denise and I would just like to say thank you to the staff at Watermark for inviting us here to share, and we pray that God blesses you all. Amen. Thank you.